Hello and welcome to today's episode. I will be speaking to Professor Peter Bruckner on low carbohydrate diets in the management of type 2 diabetes. Professor Bruckner, tell us about yourself. I'm a uh, sport and exercise medicine physician and uh, have been for uh, for many years. Worked, uh, have a uh, sports medicine clinic here in, uh, in Melbourne. Uh, have worked with a number of sporting teams over the years, uh, professional teams here, uh, national teams, uh, international teams. And uh, I have, uh, I'm the author of a textbook, Clinical Sports Medicine, which is uh, widely used by sports physicians and physiotherapists. I have a uh, an academic position. I'm the professor of sports medicine at La Trobe University at the uh, Sport and Exercise Medicine Research Centre there. So that's really my sort of my day job, if you like, my my background in, in sports medicine. And then uh, the last decade or so, I, I've become more involved in, in the sort of public health uh, world, in particular with nutrition. And uh, that emanated from a personal experience. I've become uh, yeah, very passionate about uh, the role of diet in uh, the management of chronic disease. This is the clinical takeaway from HealthEd, interviewing leading medical experts on important topics that can positively impact the way you practice. Here's your host and medical educator, Dr. David Lim. Peter, in this podcast, we're going to focus on the low-carbohydrate diet in the management of type 2 diabetes. So a question to start with, how did you get interested in low-carb eating? Well, that's right. If you told me, you know, 15 years ago, I'd be uh, I'd be here talking to you about diet. I thought you were crazy, David. But, um, it, it, you know, so often happens. It's, it was a personal experience. I mean, 10 years ago, I was uh, I was working in uh, Liverpool at the football club there as, as director of sports medicine. And uh, if you'd asked me then, you know, was I healthy? How was I? I'd have probably said, yeah, you know, I'm good. You know, I just turned 60. You know, I'd uh, always had a good diet I thought you know a good low fat diet I exercised regularly my blood sugars were fine you know yeah I'm good the reality was that I probably wasn't quite as good as I as I thought I was for a start I had a, a family history of type 2 diabetes my father had developed type 2 diabetes at exactly that age at 60 and and I'd seen what had happened to him and I didn't didn't want to go down that track so I was pretty conscious of, of you know, trying to avoid that I was also overweight, obese. I mean, I was borderline obese. I'd, uh, like many middle-aged men, and I considered 60 middle-aged. I used to think it was old, but now I think it's middle-aged. Like many middle-aged men, I'd probably put on half a kilogram a year for 30 years and just, you know, got thick around the waist. And my kids are starting to sort of poke me in the belly and say, come on, dad. And I'd shrug my shoulders and say, well, you know, I'm on a good diet and so on and so on. So yeah, I was probably 15 kilograms overweight. I'd uh, also had a few metabolic issues. I'd had a fatty liver for 10 years. You know, every time you do a blood test, it comes back, you know, liver function test consistent with fatty liver disease. I didn't really understand fatty liver disease. I figured I was on a low fat diet. So I ignored it, you know, as most doctors do. And I had high triglycerides, high insulin levels and so on. So I was, uh, in retrospect, I was clearly pre-diabetic, but I didn't understand that at, at the time. So around about that time, I, I heard some uh, some colleagues of mine, um, particularly a colleague in South Africa called Tim Noakes, was, uh, had sort of came out and said he thought that the whole sort of fat theory was wrong and that it was actually sugar and carbohydrates that were the problems, not fat. And uh, Tim's a super smart guy. And I sort of thought, oh, gee, that's, you know, that's a bit radical. You know, I think Tim, you might have gone a bit too far this time, but um that prompted me to sort of uh, to to read and and to dive into it. And I read a book uh, 
by Gary Taubes called Good Calories, Bad Calories. And this book just uh, blew me away. It just, because um, not only did it talk about the sort of relative merits of, of fats and carbs, but it talked about the, the politics and the history of how the low fat movement had won out over the low carb movement back in the, you know, in the 1960s and so on. And uh, which I'd always assumed was on the basis of, you know, good science and evidence and so on, but it turns out to be on the, the basis of money and corruption and, and politics, really. And uh, this book I, I found really disturbing, David. I mean, I remember sitting down at night, you know, on the edge of my bed, you know, having read for an hour or so, and, and I'd think, say, say to myself, no, this couldn't be right. You know, we couldn't have had the whole diet thing wrong for the last 50 years. We've been, the whole of Western society has been on this low-fat diet for 50 years. Mind you, you know, it hasn't succeeded very well, has it? You know, we just got fatter and sicker in that 50 years. But but here's these people saying we're wrong. And uh, I really, I was quite disturbed by it. So I, I decided to dive into it and I'd read everything I could. I'd get my hands on all the research, all the literature, went back to the original papers, read books, read articles, spent probably three or four months just reading everything I could. And the more I read, the more I thought, wow, you know, I think there's really something in this. So as a, uh, you know, pseudoscientist, I thought, well, it's time to do some research. But I knew enough about research to know that research with an N equals one is a waste of time except when the one is you, in which case it then becomes a very important piece of research. So I decided to do an N equals one experiment on myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, okay, day one, got my bloods done, jumped on the, the scales, and I decided to do three months of a low-carb, healthy-fat diet. So I basically stopped eating all sugars, all processed foods, really all all uh, starches, all rice, uh, pasta, potato, cereals, and so on, any sort of sweets or uh, soft drinks or fruit juices, or anything like that. And I went back to eating probably the way that my parents and, and grandparents had eaten, you know, just fresh food, basically, you know, meat and fish and, and uh, eggs, you know, all that cholesterol, oh, we can't have that, you know, we've been told for, for years, and, and full-fat dairy, all that saturated fat, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to drop dead of a heart attack tomorrow. Yeah, so butter, you know, and and full-fat cream and, and and so on. Lots of green veg, and the only fruit I had was uh, was berries, uh, low-sugar low fruit, and uh, nuts and seeds, and, uh, and I, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, the odd glass of red wine and the odd bit of dark chocolate, but that was, uh, that was about it. So I, I did that for three months. The first thing I noticed was that I stopped uh, stopped being hungry. So instead of having my you know cereal for breakfast at eight o'clock, I'd get to ten thirty and think, oh god, it must be lunchtime soon. I'll be starving. I'd have you know bacon and eggs and avocado or something for for breakfast, and I wouldn't be hungry again all day. So I went from eating three meals and three snacks a day to eating two meals a day, and I still eat two meals a day today, and um, just not just not hungry. And then I started to lose weight. And then I started to feel a bit more energetic and I wasn't as sleepy. Uh, my sleep improved. I felt I was concentrating better and my exercise capacity improved. So at the end of that three months, I'd lost 13 kilograms in 13 weeks. I'd never been hungry once. I'd eaten lovely food the whole way through, but it was just bizarre. The more fat I ate, the more fat I lost of my body. Then I did my bloods and my fatty liver that I'd had for 10 years, completely back to normal. So my ALT measurements had been 65, 66, 65 every time, 23 in three months. Now, it could have been less than three months. So I didn't do it. That was when I did the blood test. So it was probably, you know, my triglycerides were halved, came, but went from 2.2 to, to 1.1. Insulin levels came down. I felt terrific. And um, there was one disadvantage. I needed a new wardrobe because uh, <laughs> I dropped two sizes in, uh, in, uh, in clothes. But uh, I figured that was a small price to pay. So... 
So that, that you know, obviously had a very dramatic effect. And I was you know, clearly no longer pre-diabetic, really. And I've maintained all those blood tests and, and, and parameters ever since. So I guess when something like that happens, David, I mean, you've, you've got two choices. You can either just sort of say, oh, I'm all right, mate, you know, and <laughs> just look after yourself. Or you can sort of, you know, you feel a bit obliged to sort of uh, start talking about it. And people would ask me anyway. It was pretty obvious I'd lost, you know, people who hadn't seen me for a couple of months, you know, said, my God, what's happened to you? You know, I lost 13 kilograms. And um, so I I started to become a a vocal advocate for uh, for low carb. I kept reading and and a lot. I started writing and uh, and so on. So then um, I started a charity called Sugar by Half, which was with the aim of, uh, of getting people to reduce the amount of added sugar that they had uh, in their diet. The average Australian probably has about 18 teaspoons of added sugar a day. The World Health Organization recommends no more than six as is being ideal. So we figured it was time to halve the uh, the added sugar. Then I got to uh, got asked to write a book by uh, by Penguin. Um, they came to me and said, would I write a, write a book? And I said, no, the last thing the world needs is another diet book. Uh, but uh, they convinced me that there were very few by doctors and none by Australian doctors. So I got uh, my arm twisted and I wrote uh, I wrote that book called uh, A Fat Lot of Good that came out a couple of years ago. And that was on the bestseller list for uh, for a number of weeks. And uh, it's, uh, it's it's still selling uh, selling well. But I guess that, you know, the elephant in the room has always been type 2 diabetes. You know, it, it's, it's something that uh, that there's a lot of evidence now uh, out there that a low-carbohydrate diet uh, is effective in the management of, uh, of type 2 diabetes. And yet, you know, amazingly, the recommended diet is still a high-carbohydrate diet. You know, we're still so obsessed with this fat business, you know, which is all based on a, on a fraud, really, as far as I can make out that uh, we've lost sight of the fact that type 2 diabetes is basically a, a disease of carbohydrate intolerance. And so, you know, it's pretty bloody obvious that you know, <laughs> if you want us to get, you know, reverse it or put it into remission, you know, remove the carbohydrates. And as I said, there, there's a lot of research now. There are literally dozens of papers out there uh, that compare low carb and low fat in the management of uh, of obesity and the management of type two diabetes, and there's overwhelming evidence that uh, it can, it's quite effective that uh, a low carb diet can be very effective. And there've been a couple of programs, one in the UK, um, run by diabetes.co.uk. They've had over four hundred thousand people do their program, and uh, they've had uh, fantastic results in uh, in putting diabetes into remission. Um, similar with a program in the US called Verta Health have uh, done that. And, and both those um, organizations have uh, run uh, research programs and shown that over 50% of their uh, their patients uh, get put their type 2 diabetes into remission. The majority reduce, or if they're on insulin, get off insulin. Otherwise, they reduce their, uh, their oral drugs. Uh, they all lose weight and they can be very effective. So, I thought, well, we really need to have a, you know, have an Australian program. And um, initially, I actually we actually spoke to the the UK people about possibly licensing their program, but that all became a bit too hard. So, in the end, my uh, lockdown project was to develop uh, Defeat Diabetes uh, in conjunction with Paul Mason, who's a uh, fellow sports physician from uh, from Sydney, and Nicole Moore, a well known uh, dietitian in in, uh, in Adelaide, and uh, we put together a. Uh, an app, originally an app-based program. It's now a, a web-based as well as app-based. A program of, of 13 lessons. We got uh, hours and hours of video, uh, 100 or so articles, uh, a couple of hundred recipes, meal plans, uh, cooking demonstrations. And we launched that 
18 months ago and uh, and we've had a pretty good uh, pretty good response uh, David we've had over 9000 people uh, do the program uh, our aim is 100000 we've got uh, we've had very good feedback we've got a, a facebook group of all our members and they're uh, they're very enthusiastic and, and passionate We've we've done an informal survey of our initial cohort of members, and and similar to the UK and US experience, we had a sixty percent uh, remission rate. You know, which is not supposed to happen. I mean, you know, we're told at medical school, aren't we, that that type two diabetes is a chronic progressive disease. Once you're on medication, you're on for life, and and all these sort of things. And and that's blatantly not true. You know, you can put this disease into remission and uh, reduce the, uh, you know, the the glycemic uh, response significantly. And and um, as we know, that you know that's that's the thing that reduces the the long term uh, consequences of type two diabetes. So, we've surveyed our initial cohort. We've actually started a formal uh, research program through La Trobe University. We have a full time PhD student working on that at the moment, looking at a hundred. Uh, patients referred from general practitioners to with the to this program and we're going to follow them for 12 months and uh, look at their at their progress so uh, that's just uh, underway so we're determined to actually show that what you know scientifically that what we do is working we know anecdotally it is um, we've got a lot of very happy uh, happy customers so so I guess that's really where where I've come from um, diabetes wise uh, you know I really uh, you know had didn't really didn't know much about diabetes, you know, ten years ago, and uh, and this whole low carb thing has it's just been a been an eye opener. It's been a life changer, you know, for for me and and for so many others. I mean, I you know, every time I get a bit frustrated, we're not getting anywhere. I get a an email or a call from someone who's saying, you know, I'll, you know, this program's changed my life, and uh, and and so on. So it's uh, uh, you know, we're getting really good feedback, and uh, and we just want to get uh, more and more people onto the low carb program because it's been shown to be very uh, very effective. That's really fabulous. <laughs> Just to support what you're saying, uh, October 2021, uh, Diabetes Australia has uh, published its uh, Type 2 uh, Diabetes Remission Position Statement. And I quote, and you'll love this, it says, historically, Type 2 diabetes has been understood as a progressive condition. However, several recent studies have challenged that view. We now understand that in some cases, progression can be stopped or slowed. And uh, they did quote uh, two modalities. One is uh, surgery, bariatric surgery, and the other is diet, of which they mentioned two. Uh, one is the very low calorie diet. So replacing food with shakes and powders. And the second, of course, is the ketogenic diet. Now for you and me, uh, this position statement is pretty much earth shaking because it can change so much. And yet it has been launched so quietly. No one seems to talk about it. No one refers to it. And yet it is a massive change. What's going on? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, I, th I think the sort of the, the still the official line is that uh you know they're still skeptical about uh, low carb ketogenic type diets mm -hmm. but what we're finding is in particular younger gps are uh, are using this diet extensively many of them have uh, have used it themselves and uh we're getting a lot of support from uh, from the younger general practitioners uh who are who are getting great results uh, with this 
but uh, I mean, they're right in their in their statement. I mean, there there are really three. There are three ways in which you can scientifically have been shown to lose weight, to to reverse uh, type two diabetes, or to put it into remission. Bariatric surgery, yes, works definitely, no no doubt about it. But you know, as we know, pretty radical, a lot of side effects, and uh, expensive, and 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 so on. Very much a last resort. Diet wise, yes, a low calorie, a very low calorie diet will be successfully put uh, type 2 diabetes into remission in many cases. But uh, as you and I know, David, I mean, the vast majority of, well, I don't think anyone could really stick to an 800 calorie a day diet. I mean, it's it's horrible and you, you, you become hangry, hungry and angry and um, just not sustainable. And I, I don't think, you know, we're, we're, we're made to uh, to live off shakes all of our life and, and so on. So, um, you know, yes, it does work, but it's not sustainable. And and in fact, when you go onto that low calorie diet, as you know, you you um, slow down your metabolism, you slow your metabolic rate, and then when you break the diet, as you invariably do, you've got a slow metabolic rate. You finish up putting on more weight than when you than when you started, and and you you go onto this sort of yo-yo dieting that we see so much. So, I just don't think uh, while it, it can be effective, I just don't think it's practical. And the third way is the, is the very low-carb ketogenic diet. And the reason that is successful is that because you're not hungry. Because basically, carbohydrates make you hungry. Fats and proteins fill you up. So that's why that this particular diet is sustainable because, uh, you know, you don't have that hunger problem. And, and people keep saying, oh, you know, it's so hard. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't not have pasta or not have rice or not have bread and so on. I mean, it's really not difficult at all. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you can have cauliflower rice instead of rice. You can have zucchini noodles instead of pasta. There are lots of, you know, ways you can, you can get around things, and um, and you eat really well. I mean, uh, you know, I enjoy every meal I, I have, and and I'm never, I'm never hungry. So that's why that, that I think it's the most effective way to uh, to put diabetes uh, into remission. But it's certainly, I agree, it's not the only way, but. Um, I think that the things are changing. The attitude of, of organisations like Diabetes Australia, and certainly the uh, the American Diabetes Association, uh, their CEO is actually a, a low carb advocate, and uh, and the American Cardiology uh, Group has just come out uh, saying that uh, you know low carb is is a realistic way of uh, of managing. So things are uh, changing even at the uh, the upper echelons of uh, of medicine. But certainly grassroots wise, there's a lot of support for uh, for low carb because people people know that it works. They see that it works. Peter, I want to go back to your research shortly, but I also want to add that um, uh, CSIRO uh, here uh, with Professor Grant Brinkworth has also gone on a low-carb trajectory. And of course, uh, you mentioned that other doctors in Australia who have practiced this uh, management of type 2 diabetes and obesity, myself included, have seen results that previously I would have thought was absolutely impossible. So so absolutely uh, beholden to this thought. Now, going back to your research, you're really trying to give Australian data to prove what other people have proved specifically in America and UK. And I think that's incredibly important. So if I was a GP or I am a patient, how do I get involved again? Right. Well, we're looking for uh, GPs to. Uh, so we're, we're doing the research. Uh, we have a full time uh, PhD student, but we're we're doing the research through GPs. So we're asking GPs 
to uh, to sign up, if you like, to uh, to the, to become a part of the research, and they will then um, monitor the patients, uh, do the blood tests, uh, and uh, and so on, and um, they will uh, give the patient access. Will give the patient access to the Defeat Diabetes program, either through the the uh, the phone based app or through the web based uh, program. And so we're doing it in conjunction with the with the, with the GP because we feel it's very important to sort of, you know, not not work. Away from the from the general practitioner, so so the GP can um, can certainly join up to the uh, to the program. We can do that. Uh, I can give you a um, an email to uh, get onto that, or or they could just maybe can we put it up as a as a blog or something like that, or uh, put it up on the uh, on the site, put the uh, the link to to the research. Um, Absolutely, and it's also been uh, been accepted for the RACGP and the uh, the rural and, and uh, medicine uh, college as part of their continuing education. So you can get points for uh, for being involved in the uh, in the in the uh, in the program. So I think that's quite quite attractive for uh, for GPs. And we've already got thirty odd GPs. We've only just started uh, recruiting uh, the other day, so we've already got thirty odd uh, GPs uh, involved, and we already have our first few uh, subjects. So uh, that's very exciting. So we that's a twelve month program. Uh, the the both the patients and the GPs get lifetime access to the Defeat Diabetes program. I should mention that it's that it's a, a subscription. Uh, it's a hundred dollars a year for the uh, the Defeat Diabetes program. We're not uh, we're certainly not trying to make any money out of it. We're trying to uh, cover our, <laughs> recover our costs, which we're a long way away from doing. But um, uh, we just yeah we just want to try and uh, try and break even. It's not a uh, not a sort of a money making venture, but uh, we think you know hundred dollars a year. It's it's a, you know it's a cappuccino a fortnight I think, and um, that's you know that's not too bad. But people on this uh, this research study, uh, we will give them uh, lifetime access of uh, both the GPs and the uh, and the practice nurses as well, and uh, also the, uh, the the patients. So, and we we we're fairly confident that uh, that you know there'll be similar results to uh, to that shown in the uh, in the uk and, and the us that will be a very positive uh, result but we'll you know we'll wait and see we won't get ahead of ourselves uh, on that but uh, we, we thought it was very important for, for credibility we you know we need to be able to show there are a lot of skeptical people out there and uh, who think you know that don't want to believe what's uh, what's happened in the uk and the us so we think well we'll we'll do that ourselves so we're funding that uh, that research ourselves peter just a question uh, let's just say a gp who's very new into this space is interested, but he is both uh, not wanting to change his medications too much because the specialists have put the patients on the medications. And more importantly, uh, if the patient is on insulin, it doesn't matter whether it's basal mixed or both, uh, bolus and basal. Not sure how to titrate the insulins when the patient really begins on a low carb journey. How can the doctor be assisted through this? Right. Well, there, there's a couple of ways. Um, certainly on the uh, on the Defeat Diabetes uh, website, we have information for, for doctors to, to do that. There was also a very good article uh, written recently uh, in, in one of the diabetes newsletters by, uh, by a number of uh, low-carb GPs in, in Australia. And uh, we give we send every GP who signs up on this program that uh, that article. So uh, that uh, explains very well how to uh, titrate uh, both insulin and certain uh, of the hypoglycemics uh, through the low carb uh, thing. It's a pretty simple process, um, but uh, this article explains it very well. So yeah, we give uh, we give 
lots of support. Uh, the, the GPs who sign up get a lot of information. Um, we have a uh, an online seminar that uh, we, we take them through and there's someone there there to, they can call at any time for, for support. So uh, yeah, we're trying to make it as easy as possible for the GP. At the same time, Peter, uh, the GPs, a lot of the younger GPs you mentioned are interested in this space. Will you be able to attach, uh, if you like, um, websites or resources whereby those who are interested can do their own further reading and research? Certainly. Yes. Yeah. Defeatdiabetes.com.au. Uh, it's got a good uh, resource uh, page with uh, lots of articles and, uh, and and so on. And and then, of course, the, the Low Carb Down Under uh, series of, uh, of videos uh, is outstanding. There's a, there's a great group of, uh, of uh, videos on, on that by both Australian and international uh, experts in, in this area. So uh, there's a lot of interest uh, in the area. Uh, every year, you know, there, there seems to be more and more people uh, interested in this whole low carb uh, thing. And as I said, eventually, uh, gradually, the uh, the traditionalists, I think, are, are coming around and uh, and realising that it's, a, you know, it, it's not for everyone. I'm, I'm not suggesting everyone should, uh, you know, every person with, with type 2 diabetes should be on this, but I, I think it's it's a very realistic uh, option uh, with, with, you know, very impressive results. Peter, what you're really offering of oh, GP's listeners and the patients is that there is a possibility that they can put the patient's diabetes into remission. If not, then certainly improve glycemic control. You're going to conduct some research uh, in Australia to prove the Australian situation is true as of USA and the UK, and you're recruiting GPs to actually enroll patients into your program. GPs who do so will actually have a lot of resources to help them, and the GPs and the patients and the nursing staff will have access to your uh, program, Defeat Diabetes, which currently on a subscription will be for free for them. Peter, I, I just find that this is such an incredibly important um, research, uh, and I hope that we are able to reach out to as many GPs as we can. Yeah, I... Uh... I hope so, and 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 also the, they get the CPD points as well, which uh, I think is, yes. is really important. That's an accredited activity, so uh, we can uh, again we show you uh, once you sign up how to go about uh, about that. So um, I'll uh, I'll send you our, our little uh, advertisement uh, with the uh, the contact details, and uh, and then people can sign up uh, by by contacting uh, uh, our PhD student Despina and uh, and just uh, yeah signing on the dotted line and and being part of a uh, part of this exciting research which uh, I think they'll they'll find very interesting. Wonderful. Um, I think the only thing that GPs may ask are uh, any contraindications. Uh, what are the inclusion and exclusion criteria? I mean, obviously, if there's any significant other uh, pathology. But uh, by and large, there are not too many uh, exclusions. Uh, the majority of people, uh, uh, we just want them uh, with a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. That can be either, uh, there are a number of ways in which you can uh, diagnose type 2 diabetes, as you know, either through the HbA1c or a fasting blood glucose or a glucose tolerance test. Any any of those uh, diagnostic measures are, are, are okay. Yeah, and then it's pretty straightforward, really. They just... Uh, follow this uh, this program and they have uh, blood tests at uh, baseline three months six months and 12 months and we arrange all the appointments and uh, and and everything like that so uh, we do all uh, all the hard work for the for the GPS sounds wonderful do you do it in languages other than English 
well, our PhD student is a uh, is a Greek speaking, uh, <laughs> so we we can do it in uh, in in Greek. But uh, it really would depend on whether the GP can uh, can do it. So if the GP is able to uh, to do it in another language, we can certainly facilitate that. Wonderful, Peter. Any other messages or final messages to our listeners? Well, you know, I th- I think there's two elements to it, David. One one is obviously for for your patients with, with type two diabetes, and uh, and the other thing is, is I would really uh, suggest that we need to look after our own health uh, as doctors. You know, we're always very good at looking after other people's uh, health, but I think it's important to look after uh, our own health. And uh, and you know, I've certainly found, I know you have, and I know many many other people have have found dramatic improvements in our own health by uh, by making those dietary changes, by reducing the amount of processed foods and uh, uh, and uh, and carbohydrates that, that we have and, and getting back to eating sort of real food really has made a massive difference. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 70 now. And I feel better than I, I did, you know, when I was 40, I think, you know, I mean, I've, I've got, you know, a lot of energy and, and, uh, and, and I feel, feel great. And, uh, you know, certainly a lot better than I felt when I was 60, that's for sure. So, you know, it really, uh, and again, I was, a, you know, I was as skeptical as anyone. I mean, if you'd told me this 10 years ago, I'd have just laughed at you and I said, don't be ridiculous, you know, all this fad diets and all this sort of rubbish and so on. And, uh, you know, I was your ultimate conservative, uh, boring <laughs> doctor who uh, believed everything I was taught in medical school. But as we know, 50% of everything you're taught in medical school uh, turns out to be wrong. You just have to work out which 50%. And uh, and uh, part of that 50% is certainly the fact that uh, the best diet for uh, for type 2 diabetes is a high-carbohydrate diet. That is just crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sooner we get them onto a low-carbohydrate diet, the better for them. Peter Bruckner, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you very much for having me, David. Just a quick reminder as we wrap up to encourage you to register for the next webcast where you can always catch a high-quality lineup of speakers and topics that HealthEd has put together for you. HealthEd webcasts are carefully created to provide high-quality video and audio so that you have the best possible learning experience. It's free, you get CPD points, and it's all delivered directly to the digital device of your choice, wherever you choose to be. Register now at healthad.com.au. You can claim RACGP CPD points for listening to this podcast using the self-claim option. Log into your account on the RACGP website, go to the CPD section and click on self-claim.